Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Good morning, My City Church. How many of you guys excited to be in the house of God today? Amen. Do you believe God's going to speak to you? I believe he has a word for you. I believe God is going to speak today. And uh, if you're ready for word of God and you want God to speak to you today, just lift up your hand. God, you see these hands that are up. God, I pray that you would meet them right where they're at, no matter what they came in here with. God, that you would speak to them. God, get them through what they're going through. God, give them a word for what they're going to go through. God, speak to them right here, right now. We love you, Lord. You can put your hand down. I believe God has a word for you today, if my people, part two. How many of you guys had the pleasure of joining us last week? Huh? talked about initiation, how I believe if my people is an invitation to initiation. I believe that there's a whole lot of dreams that never got started and we never got to see what God wanted to do through our lives because we never initiated. I asked you the question, I said, what has God asked you to start that you haven't started yet? Get to it, watch what God does. You never know, you know your limitation if you never step out, it's the boat. But if you step out, watch God pull through. Initiation. If my people is about maximizing your potential in Christ, I felt like God was speaking to me about, he has a question for each and every one of us. If you, then I. God is waiting on a people. He's waiting on a people in the city of Omaha to reach this city, to change this city. He's looking for a people to use. I believe that God wants to reach you and your friends. I believe that God wants to reach this city more than we ever could. There's just an ounce of us compared to the ocean of God and the heart that he has for this city, the heart that he has for your friends, your loved ones. I believe that God has gone before you and that he cares for them far more than we ever could. And so what if we took God at his word and if God spoke, we actually initiated and it's not that we're starting something, it's more so that we're just getting in the flow of what God is already doing. See, as a church, I don't believe that we're a church that's gonna be on the shores of the flow that God is doing. I believe we're gonna get all in in the river. Say, God, whatever you want. We're not gonna be a church full of a bunch of fans watching what God is doing. It's gonna be full of a bunch of followers saying, God, here we are. We're available for you to use to reach this city. God, and we're gonna give it all we got this side of heaven. God, because we believe that you wanna reach them more than you ever, ever we ever wanted to, God. So we're gonna be available for you, God in whatever capacity, whatever you ask, it is our prayer that we say yes and amen. So that's the background of if my people, the people that will change the world will be the people that the world cannot change, that God wants to use you to reach this city. And the basis of our, our theme scripture for this series is Second Chronicles chapter seven. Who has their Bible? Let's lift it up in the air, let me see it. My Bible is actually backstage. Lift it up, it's on the phone, that's fine. It's important to read your Bible. You can open up, open up to Oaken, 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 Oaken. Now you can open up to Second Chronicles chapter seven. So we're going to be reading out of today. It's important to read your Bible. Read your Bible each and every day. Be honest with you. I miss days all the time. You're the pastor. I'm human. I miss it all the time. The important thing is, is don't miss today. So when you're thinking about, I haven't read my Bible in a while. I haven't read the word of God in a while. That's okay. 
don't miss today. Just get up. Though the righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. I believe that God is working in and through each and every one of your lives. I believe that he's going to speak to you today. Let's jump in. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, it's an invitation, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. These are the words of God. He spoke to King Solomon after King Solomon dedicated the temple of God in Israel, in Jerusalem, in Israel. God appeared to him and said these words, if my people, when these things happen, if my people seek my face. God was speaking to King Solomon. I believe at the beginning of King Solomon's life, he sought God. He wanted to honor God in everything that he did, everything that he said. He continued in the ways of his father, King David. But something happened along the way and his heart started to veer away from God. He didn't remain disciplined in the things that God had placed in his life. But he actually bowed his knee to a level of convenience. And we find this in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse four. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of his father David had been. Just a note for those that are looking for a spouse. Be careful who you yoke yourself with. It's important to be able to be equally yoked with someone. Don't missionary date saying, well, I'm going to save this person and then they're going to be in the house of God. I would not advise that. I would advise that you run after God with all that you got. You pursue God with all that you got. And occasionally, just look to your right, look to your left, like, oh, that girl's pretty good looking. Let's see if she can run at the same pace for much longer. So give us some time. I'm going to keep pursuing God. I'm going to keep coming to church. I'm going to serve God faithfully. I'm going to keep being a part of a group. Yo, she's still here. Hey. So like, you want to like go to group together? You want to go get coffee? You want to go get Qdoba? I'm looking at my wife because uh, we went and got Qdoba on our second date. And we almost broke up true story it was my fault <laughs> if you're looking for a spouse no better place to find him in the house of God where else are you gonna find them at the bar huh in the world where else are you gonna find them run after God fix your eyes on him and watch how he brings someone alongside you if you have the desire for a companion I believe that God has someone for you sometimes it takes for you to initiate and to just ask a question. You don't know. If she says no, hey, you asked. That's okay. Now you know. It took a while for her to hear the voice of God, my wife Kelly. She knew I liked her for two and a half years. And then she heard God's voice. Amen. Amen. But what we find is Solomon, he was unequally yoked with people that did not pursue God. And it started to veer his heart away from God. We pick up. He, he followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father had done. Wow. 
You have a choice to make today. You have a choice to make each and every day to follow God. And whatever choice you make, that'll be the choice that you make. And I want to implore you today that following God is the best decision you can make in your entire life. For I know the plans I have for you. No eye has seen, no ear has heard the things that God has in store for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And God loves you today. He's saying, will you? Will you follow? Will you come with me? On a hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for Komash, the detestable God of Moab, for Molech, the detestable God of the Ammonites. He did the same for all his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. What we find is Solomon didn't instill disciplines within his life. So he never saw the full potential that God had for him and the generations to follow him because he chose to live a life of convenience, what everyone else wanted to do. And today I want to talk to you about this topic. If you're writing notes, who's going to be writing notes in here? Let me see. Amen. Write notes. You never know when God will speak a word to you today that you will need tomorrow. I believe he has a word for you. It's important to take notes. Write down this topic, this thought. When belief isn't enough. When belief isn't enough. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. It is true. It is sharper than a double-edged sword, dividing bone and marrow, our hearts. God, speak to our hearts. Whatever single person came in here with today, God, we lay it at your feet. We say, speak to us today. God, open our eyes to see you. Open our ears to hear you. God, and as your word goes forth, may it never return void, but may it accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. And just right now, church, open up your hands and say these words after me. Say it with some conviction. Say, Lord, say it like you're hungry. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for the word of God today. Thank you, guys. This is going to be a good day today. I believe God has a word for you. I believe that uh, if you're ready to receive it, God wants to speak to you today. If you believe it, say amen. 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 I want some feedback in this church today. I'm going to be sharing some things. Some things are a little heavy at the beginning. Some things get a little light at the end. But I really feel like God is going to speak to you today. What I found is last week, I talked a lot about initiation. Being the person that initiates that, you know what, I'm not going to wait for something to happen. If God spoke to me, I'm going to step out and do it. Because I already know what the life I'm already living. The life that never takes a risk. The life that never steps out. So if God spoke it to me, he spoke it to me for a reason. So I'm going to start. I'm going to start. But what I find is that a whole lot of people have the ability to start. But not a whole lot of people have the ability to stay with it. To stay disciplined. They give up. The Bible says that do not grow weary in doing good, for in due time you will reap a harvest. Do not grow weary implies that there is a choice you have to either grow weary or not to grow weary. The Bible says to endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. A good soldier implies that there is a battle going on, and that battle is taxing. It can get tiring. And a lot of times in our lives, we look for more of the convenient side of things, the comfortable side of things, than we do for the purposeful side of things. I want you to write this down today that I believe that God has given each of us a choice, the ability to, to live for today or live for tomorrow. 
Now you have a choice. To live for today and all about today, you forsake your tomorrow. But at the same time, if you live for tomorrow and all about tomorrow, you forsake your today. I want you to write this down, right? The fulfillment of our potential in Christ stands at the crossroads of today and tomorrow. Where I have a perspective that my day affects my tomorrow. And my perspective of tomorrow affects how I live today. That I can't get so caught up in one day I'm going to be this person. But I take no steps to become that person that will walk in that tomorrow. But at the same time, I can't get so caught up in what I'm doing today. You know what? I'm just going to stay up late all the time. I'm never going to read any books. I'm never going to get a mentor or anything in my life. I'm never going to challenge myself. I'm never going to develop myself. That I never give God the tools for what he has for me tomorrow. And so we sacrifice our potential. We rob what God is wanting to do in our lives because we never took the time to plant something. Because God has this thing for us. I believe he has a full potential for us. And it is my hope that each and every one of us get to heaven hearing the words, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with little, you will be faithful with much. In your life, understand that you are tomorrow the product of your disciplines today. You are tomorrow the product of your disciplines today. What are the disciplines that you've instilled in your life? What are the things? Now, how often do we chase after so much stuff, wasting our time on stupid things that are never really fulfilling? I'm guilty of this all the time. You guys can judge me. I'll come home after a long day, ignore my wife, ignore my kids, get on my phone, pull up some YouTube videos, and I think it's gonna refresh me. But all it does is drain me. How often in your life do you look for something for refreshment, but all it ever does is drain you? I think there's no more time this is prevalent in our lives where we go to social media to fill us, where we go to the world to fill us. We go and we look at social media or we look at Instagram or we look at YouTube or we look at Netflix, Hulu, whatever, name the next new streaming service to come out, Disney Plus, thinking it's going to fill us because whether you realize it or not, the world is draining you. And so we compromise our calling. We never really get full because we seek but are never satisfied but are never satisfied with what we got because what we got was never meant to satisfy. Can I tell you that God is here to fill your cup today? God is here to fill your cup. If you feel empty, I got good news for you. God is here to fill your cup. But don't compromise on today because one compromise after another can compound into what we're about to read about, forsaking God. And so we see King Solomon King Solomon devotes the temple. He starts to compromise his beliefs, and then he starts to turn away from God. He starts to build all these temples, these sacrifices, all these things that we see happening that he's developing in his life, and in, not even in his life, but in his country. And so I see Solomon sowing seeds that will end up producing fruit tomorrow. And I want to be able to share with you some stories about his son Rehoboam and one of his subordinates, Jeroboam. Let's just call him A and J. I don't know why I said A, because his name's R. It'd be R and J. 
RJ. Rehoboam and Jeroboam. Okay, so R is his son. He is, he is following in his father's footsteps. The moment Solomon dies, the kingdom becomes divided. The kingdom of Israel just got divided because if you don't seek God, you will always be divided. Huh. USA. Get a, get a clue. Eventually, we, we got to be a country that's united in seeking God. We're going to be united in all these, these good things that aren't God things. So be united in seeking God. You know, maybe the church, maybe the people in creation were actually made to be united, not under a nation, not under a banner, but under Jesus Christ. Maybe the idea when Jesus says, I pray that they would be one as we are one, maybe the answers to all the problems that we've seen in society were actually planted 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on a cross, that you can have people of all different ages, all different colors, all different backgrounds, all different political views, all different beliefs, all different things coming together saying, you know what, we acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Maybe the unified Vision, the unification of the church is actually the answer to the world's problems. And we need it now more than ever. Love one another. You know what? We may have some different views, different beliefs, different things. Like, have a conversation. And be open to having a conversation. Because if I'm having a conversation with you, that means I love you. And what I would hate for us to see is there be division within the church because of bitterness, a root that takes place, and it actually divides the church, and we're actually becoming, uh, uh, we're actually denying the prayer that Jesus prayed for us, that we would be one. What if you overlooking an offense is actually God's, an answer to God's prayer? What if you overlooking a, a, a conversation, an argument, a frustration is an answer to Jesus' prayer? So we see R and J, R being Solomon's son, and J being his, his, his servant, the kingdom gets divided, and, and R inherits Jerusalem, Judea. And J inherits the rest of Israel, the other tribes around Israel. It would be the equivalent of the United States being divided, and R getting Texas, and J getting the rest of the United States. That's what it looks like. And what we find is these two people follow in the footsteps of the person that went before them. And we pick up in 2 Chronicles chapter 12. This is Rehoboam. Right after he succeeds in being king of Judah, after Rehoboam's position as king was established and he had become strong, he and all Israel with him abandoned the law of the Lord, the disciplines that were put in place by King David, the disciplines that were put in place by Joshua, by Moses, that God had given to the people. They forsook the law of the Lord, the written law of the Lord, the word of God. They forsook it. And then we see also Jay follows in the same footsteps. We pick up in 1 Kings chapter 12. He, gets, he secures his kingdom, and then he goes to his people, and he said, after seeking advice, the king made two golden calves. He said to the people, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. What does he mean by go up to Jerusalem? Well, back, they, back in the day when King David was king, when King Solomon was king, it was customary for people to go up to, the Jeru to Jerusalem to make sacrifices to atone for their sins. Every year they had to make this trek for sure. Some would make it monthly, some would make it weekly. They had to walk up to make these sacrifices to atone for their kings. And here is King Jeroboam, after seeking advice, he makes his own God. And he says, guys, 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 I know that's what God asked you to do, 
but it's just too much for you to do what God asked you to do. Hey, how about you see what everyone else is doing? The countries around us, they just go to the nearest high top, the nearest hilltop, and they sacrifice to their gods there. So you know what? How about we build some of those so that we can live a life of convenience? So they forsook the disciplined life for a life of convenience. And they never were able to see what God was going to do through them because they were more interested and more, uh, they entertained what they wanted to do right now. I'd write this down. By not living a disciplined life, you sacrifice your potential on the altar of convenience. Let's pray. No, (laughs) I won't leave you with that. They made a compromise based off convenience. When you make a compromise based off of convenience, you will always forfeit God's potential through you. God has not called us to a place of convenience. He's called us to a place of purpose. I know that this life will fade away. And I know that this life isn't about me. So I know when I have times to make a call, a compromise on my convenience, a compromise on my convictions, I know that I have to report to a higher calling. I know that it doesn't matter what other people think. I know it doesn't matter on what's convenient at the time. Yeah, it's nice to just go home and sit on a phone. It's nice to just completely disengage in the world. It's nice to be able to just sit down, but I am compromising my calling on convenience. It's the crossroads of today and tomorrow. What are you living for? I'm not living for this side of heaven. As a church, our goal is not to live this side of heaven, but we live for eternity. Understanding that each and every encounter you have with every single person around you is a time for you to plant seeds that will be reaped for eternity. Every conversation you have. So we have Jay and R. They go the ways of the gods, of, not of Israel, but of the people around them. And they sacrifice their potential that God had for Israel, for the people of Israel. But thank goodness that we don't have to follow in their footsteps, right? We don't have to do that. Because Jesus Christ came to set us free from the curses of yesterday. Jesus Christ came to set us free from the things that were lived through your parents, through your grandparents, through your friends. You don't have to call them your dad. You don't have to call them your leader. And we pick up in 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is Paul. He talks to Timothy. And he's trying to tell him to take courage, to have self-discipline. He says, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, Timothy, but a spirit of power of love, and of self-discipline. Say that with me. Say self-discipline. Say it again. Say self-discipline. One more time. Say self-discipline. If you don't feel like you have a spirit of self-discipline, it's time for you to get one today. I said God has something for you today. God has something for you today. It's, it's a fruit of the Spirit, self-control. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So if you feel like you don't have any self-control today, some self-discipline today, how about let's give it over to God? Saying, God, thank you for setting me free. I know I don't have to live like I used to live. God, give me some self-control. I want to give you some, also some, some practical tips to help you live a disciplined life. Number one is you can't be led by your emotion. 
Get comfortable with this. Put your teeth together and say these words after me. Say, discipline. That's what it feels like. Sometimes you just got to make a choice. You got to make, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Sometimes you just got to make a choice. I'm not going to go to that place. I'm not going to watch that stuff. Sometimes you just got to make a choice. I'm not going to hang out with those people. Oh, but I like them, but they're leading me down the bad path. They're influencing me wrong. So I'm going to make a choice. Discipline. Another thing that can rob us of our full potential is inconsistent patterns. Your habits that you develop daily, on a daily basis. What are the patterns that you're developing in your life? What are the things that you've, you're planting in your life right now to produce a harvest tomorrow? Because we can go through our lives, this is what I understand, is that losers go through life thinking and wanting to be winners. And winners go through their life afraid that they're losing. What does that mean? That means the approach that I have in life, I'm not thinking that I deserve something that I haven't earned. It's no level of entitlement. I'm not gonna compare myself to anyone else. Well, they got that, so I deserve that too. I'm gonna be a person that I give it all I got because I know when I'm losing. You know when you're losing? When you don't give it all you got. You don't give it all you got. You know there's times you go to the gym and I'm in the gym and I'm just there. Props to you. Getting in the gym, great victory. Getting in the gym, that's fantastic. But I know when I'm just there. I know when I'm just there in my family. I know when I'm just there in my marriage. And God is calling us to live an engaged life. Yeah, but it's just so inconvenient. At times, inconvenience can rob you of your potential. Another one that can rob you of your potential is unreliable motivations. Everyone's been motivated to start something new, but what happens when motivation ceases to exist? It's where you gotta make a choice. See, that's where discipline comes in. Discipline comes in when motivation, motivation ceases. You know what, I'm gonna make the choice to get into the gym three times a week. I'm gonna make the choice to give 10% to God. I'm gonna make the choice to give 10% to retirement. I'm going to make the choice to give 10% above and beyond, just bless people, and to live 70% off of what I earn. I'm going to make the choice because if I don't put anything in retirement, I'm going to live tomorrow the regrets of yesterday. Oh, man, I wish how I wish I had saved. Man, I wish I would have been putting away money. Man, I wish I would have planted seeds. I don't want you to live I wish life. Another one to help you uh, to develop disciplines is delayed gratification. So we lose a few pounds. What's the first thing that we say? Yes, I'm going to eat more. You save a few dollars. Yes, I get to spend. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How do you become an elephant? One bite at a time. Take it personal or not, it doesn't matter. The idea is... Doesn't matter. I'm going to offend you one way or another. I'm glad we can have fun. I look at it this way. Is that you do not see the result right away. But you got to develop patterns to be able to see the result. Because the potential of our lives is the product of our patterns. 
I look at it like I'm developing compound interest and I won't see it 10, 15 years down the road. If I'm living in an unhealthy lifestyle and I'm just eating junk food all the time, I may not feel it right away. You know, I, but I start doing that each and every week, each and every month, it starts to compound over time. And before you know it, I'm big. Now, for me, it's different. If you know me, I'm trying to add weight. Um, some people have different things. You know your struggle. You know your goal. You know the discipline that you need to do. You know, I was trying to add muscle for a long time in my life. And some people are just different. You know, whatever, put, don't input adding muscle, just whatever it means. For the longest time in my life, and I had a conversation with someone. I said, I just can't seem to add weight. And the guy's like, well, how's your protein intake? Well, I'm taking a gram for every weight, every pound that I have. Okay, okay, well, how's your carb intake? I go, carbs? Why do I need carbs? It's protein, I thought. He goes, no, 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 no. Guy like you, you eat, you, your body eats as much food as you can take in. You got to give your body enough calories that it thinks it can support more muscle. Otherwise, you'll be working out and you'll never add any muscle your whole life. So here I was beating my head against the wall. I'm talking like three years. No change, no change, no change. And then one conversation, now I was on the path to change. Sometimes the key to unlocking your potential is having a conversation with someone that has been on that road before you. Don't be afraid to have that conversation. Well, how do you start that business? I never started a business before. Yeah, you know what? Someone in the church has. Well, I don't know how to be a parent. You know what? Someone in the church has. That's what I love about the church is that there's a plethora of people that have gone down different roads before. And whether you are called to find a resource or you're called to be a resource, you're still called in the part of God. It's the family of God that's coming together. So whether, wherever you're at, there's a place where you can find a source and a place where you can be a resource. But what we do is we dismiss the small changes because I worked out three times and I didn't get any abs. Wouldn't it be great if I just worked out and did one sit-up and You think if God wanted us to grow, he'd get us instant gratification, instant results, right? I would think so. But there's something powerful about instant results that creates a level of, not resentment, thankfulness absence of thankfulness that if you got it right away that's why people that win the, the lottery they, they don't know what to do with it because they didn't know how to earn it so it's, it's that process that God puts in your life your full potential is released through process that God puts in your life to be able to put a weight on you that will be able to sustain the weight that he wants to put on you but we always back away from process because it's uncomfortable it's not convenient so don't get so caught up in your end result. Think more about your trajectory. I'd write this down. Be more concerned with your current trajectory rather than your past results. What are you doing today? What are you doing today to be the person that you want to be tomorrow? What are you doing today? Think of it this way. Not what do you want to do. I don't want to just do a, do, go to the gym. I want to be a person that's in shape because there's an identity attached to it. I don't wanna just eat a healthy meal. I wanna be a person that's healthy. I don't wanna just be a man that, that talks about my wife appropriately or talks about my kids and encourages them. 
I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. What is the type of person? Then you backtrack from there. Okay, I want to be a man of God that pursues God with all my heart. Backtrack from there. What does that type of person look like? I want to be a man that's a good husband. What does a good husband look like? Rather than thinking, man, I just need to, I just need to be nicer to my wife. Or I just need to be nicer to my husband. So you're starting from a down-up perspective. I want you to look at what does a good husband look like? What are some of those things? And then backtrack from there. This is a good way to develop disciplines in your life. If I want to be a person that's in shape, okay, what are the type of things a person that's in shape does? Okay, now backtrack from there. What are the type of things that a person that is financially secure does? Okay, now backtrack from there. And then it'll give you good steps. So you're looking on an identity more than you are a task. Because a task, once motivation ceases to exist, will become an obligation. But if you look at the person that you want to be, it's an identity. That I'm going to pursue this type of person that I'm going to be. And so you have to have a vision. You have to have a vision of the future to develop the patterns in your life that will help you reach your full potential. I want to share from you Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now, a lot of people love this verse because it uses the word vision. Now, vision translated is really the word where there is no revelation. Revelation of what? Revelation of the word of God. The word that God spoke. His living, breathing word of God. And the other, other translations say where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. People don't have self-control. If you feel like you're lacking self-control, I can tell you one of the greatest I, I'm, I'm being very passive here. The greatest discipline you can have in your life is getting in the Word of God. It's getting in the Word of God, whether it be a verse a day. doesn't matter. I want to be the type of man that leads my household. What does that type of man look like? That's a man that reads the Word of God. In my life, I, I always aspired to, to, uh, to, to implement things that I felt people were speaking of what a man of God really looked like. So I had this person say, you know what? A real man of God gets on his knees and he prays before bed every night. So I tried it. Kelly, I don't know if you ever saw me. I only tried it a few times. Got on my knees. Okay, I'm a man of God now. Because I'm praying on my knees. I'm praying to you, God. Amen. Got up. I only did it for like three days. And then I just felt like I never was a man of God. Because I wasn't doing what other people said. And I came to this revelation that that may have been a conviction that God had put on his heart. It may have been shared prematurely, it may have been shared differently, I don't know. But what I wanna speak to you today, isn't that a true man of God gets on and prays on his knees, doesn't matter. A true man of God is in the word three hours a day. A true man of God is pursuing God. Isn't concerned about their perfection but is more concerned about their pursuit. A true woman of God is pursuing God. And so when other people say, well, this is actually what it looks like. Now, I'm not saying that you disregard everything. It's good to be able to take advice from people that have gone before you. But don't let your shortcoming weigh you down. This is what I felt like God is wanting to tell you today, is that you will never arrive this side of heaven. Everyone ever heard that saying, practice makes, practice makes perfect. 
well, you're not going to be perfect this side of heaven. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes improvement. And I feel like what God is wanting you to tell you today, don't be so concerned about arriving. Just get better than who you were yesterday. Who are you chasing today? Because what I found is that I can get intimidated by who I want to be, who I aspire to be, that it paralyzes me from ever moving. But if I just take one step at a time after pursuing God, and I just say, play dis stay disciplined, there's times I forget to read the Bible all the time, but I'm not gonna miss today. Sometimes I go through, yeah, I, for I didn't, sorry God, <laughs> didn't talk to you once today. Hey, how you doing? And what I found is God's like, good, because God is eager to meet with me and he's eager to meet with you. So no matter what, the moment you realize it, I haven't, been, I haven't been walking with God or praying with God. I'm, okay, I'm gonna pray with God today. I'm gonna meet with God today. Just start right now. Just get better today than you were yesterday. I'm gonna keep pursuing God and watch how he unravels you and transforms you. Watch how God works in your life, how he transforms your life, that if you're walking with him and you're staying in step with him, this is, this is, what, I, this is what I wanna debunk in Christianity today, that we can get so caught up in perfection that we disqualify everyone that's on a different level of the journey than we are. So this speaks to anyone that's at my city that maybe been coming here for a few weeks and you look at all these perfect Christian people, just because we're perfect Christian, whatever that means, we've just been in the game longer. We know how to hide it better. So wherever you're at in your walk with Christ, be okay with being mid-process. Because he who began a good work in you will see it through to completion. So remain in Christ, remain in him. I wanna share with you the words of Jesus in John chapter five, 15, verse five, he said this. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, if my people, if my people remain in me, I wanted to give you guys all this self-help stuff. I bought a few books. I was reading up on all these disciplines and habit making. Holy Spirit just kept saying, so you're gonna give them a bunch of worldly truths that were hijacked from me. Because what the world does is they take biblical truths, disguise it in a worldly form and present it without God. And God say, no, they got that from me. Well, you gotta have a vision for your life if you wanna play disciplined. Well, that's in the Bible. I wanted to give you all these habits, things to be able to develop disciplines in your life. Holy Spirit said, no, no, no. Everyone's on different parts, different parts in their journey. They need to know to not disqualify themselves and to not give up, but to take courage because the steps that they are making God wants to tell you today that you're making the right steps towards him. The Holy Spirit just said it. You know who you are that you, you haven't been, but you're in the house of God. So you made a right step today. So stop beating yourself up. You know the step. Man, yeah, but Pastor Eli, you don't know what I did last night. Yeah, but you're here. Yeah, but you're listening. You're doing better than you think you are. He says, if you remain in me, if my people remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
As a church, there are many disciplines you can instill in your life. And I wanna give you just four. You wanna be available for God to use, for God to move in your life and to reach God's full potential for your life. I believe that it is, is encompassed in these four Gs. We talked about them last month. Gathering, keep on coming to church. Even the days when you don't feel like it, keep on coming. Because I feel like that's the devil trying to keep you out from a word that God has for you today. So when you wake up, ah, I just don't feel like it, get in the house of God each and every week. If you think about it, well, how come I don't wanna go to, go to church? I'm just tired. Well, how late did you stay up last night? Because your today affects your tomorrow. I wanna get up early in the morning. Well, I keep staying up late. How am I gonna get up early in the morning? How often do we lie, ourselves, lie to ourselves, pushing the alarm at 5.30 in the morning when you go to bed at midnight thinking, I'm gonna get up in the morning? I do it all the time. And I lie to myself all the time. But if I wanna be the person tomorrow that wakes up early, I gotta go to bed early today. If I wanna be a person that sees all that God has for me and wants to do through me, I gotta give him something to use today. I'm gonna to instill disciplines within my life. I'm gonna get in the word of God. I'm gonna be around a community. Keep on gathering, gather together. Keep on growing, get in a group. Find a group, a group of people to do life with. Keep reading your Bible, keep praying, giving. It's giving of your finances. Because I understand that if I have money and I never give it away, I don't have money, money has me. And I look to money as my provider rather than Jesus being my provider. But I realize that if I give away, if I give, I don't look to money as being my provider, my resource, but I look to Christ as being, you know what God, I'm gonna trust you with the 10%. Can I tell you, God doesn't need your money. He doesn't, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He owns 500 million Bitcoin. They don't even have that many. They only have 86 million. He doesn't need it, but you need God. And money can have you. It happens to me all the time. Money can have you, but I trust God more than my wallet. And the last one being your gifting. What is that unique thing that God has put in your life to help the church reach its full potential? What is that thing that if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. I wanna share with you one last story real quick. It's, it's, it's the grandson of, of Ar, of Rehoboam, King Asa. He saw that this, the, the nation was going in the wrong direction and he decided to instill some new disciplines. And we find that in 2 Chronicles 15. This is the prophet talking to, to King Asa. He had just broken down a bunch of the pillars. A few years have gone by. And then the prophet of God came to him and he said these words, as for you, be strong and do not give up for your work will be rewarded. The thing, the discipline that you did, don't give up. It will be rewarded. When Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Azariah, son of Obed the prophet, he took courage. God is telling you today to take courage. Don't keep beating yourself up, thinking you haven't arrived yet, but look back and see how far you've come. Take courage and watch what happens, his response in the next verse. After that, he removed the detestable idols from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin and from the towns he had captured in the hills of Ephraim. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the portico of the Lord's temple. I believe God is wanting to tell you today to take courage. Keep on going. You're here today. Keep on coming back. God is working in your life. He's moving in your life. Keep on going. Would you stand to your feet? I feel like God wants to tell you today that it's a life of convenience will never see the potential that I have for you. 
not just for you, but for your kids, your grandkids? What if the reason why you're having so, many, so much trouble instilling the disciplines that you desire is because you're breaking the curses of yesterday? That your parents let in, that your grandparents let in. God's saying, take courage and don't give up because it's generational. And so for the parents in here, felt Holy Spirit tell me this so specifically. First, actually, I feel like the, if you're single in here, you have that temptation to live a life of convenience. I'm just gonna sleep with them because everyone else is doing it. God say, no, 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 no. Take courage for you will be richly rewarded. Just because they're doing it doesn't mean you have to. What did I speak over you? Plant some seeds of purity. You don't have to. Get around some people. Those people that are influencing you, they're probably the growing influence. Get around some people that influence you the right way. For the parent in here, it's so easy just to sit your kid down in front of a TV, a life of convenience. And God's saying, turn off the TV, spend some quality time, sow some seeds into them because you're gonna be able to produce a harvest and reap a harvest 15 years down the road. Start sowing. I know it's easy, but I'm not calling you to the easy life. I'm calling you to that life of conviction, that life of full potential in me. I feel like God is telling the, the Father in here, amen, keep, keep on going. Man, fathers are getting such a bad rap right now. And God's saying, I need you now more than ever. Be an example to your kids, be an example to your wife. Be the man of your household. Be a man that prays, that seeks my face. When did it ever become inappropriate for a man to go on a prayer walk? I know I can't do it all, that's why I need God. In my weakness, he is strong. I wanna pray over you today. If you could all just lift up your hands today. God, I thank you for the people of my city church. God, I thank you for the disciplines that you've instilled in our lives. God, I pray that we'd keep going. God's saying, keep, keep, take courage. Don't give in. Stay disciplined. Stay resolute. Those things I've asked you to do, just keep going. You may not see it five years from now, 10 years from now, but I'm working. Amen. Amen. He says, I'm working. God says, I'm working. He says, I've been working the whole time, and I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I've been saying, if my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. He's saying, if you, dad, if you, dad, get before me, now I'll heal your family. If you, mom, get before me, I'll heal your family. Get before me today. Get before me today. Get grounded in God's word. God, I pray that you would give them the strength. God, give them the strength and the self-awareness to stay disciplined. God, to stay disciplined in the things that you've called me to do, God. You've called each and every single one of them to do, God. I thank you for what you began and that he who began a good work will see it through to completion. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.